Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Got a lot on the docket today. We got Russell Cock or Whoop. Russell Ross Cockrell. We signed him, which we'll get to that first. Got a good amount of mailbag and a few voicemails. We got we. I think we figured out a way to do our voicemail now that we're live streaming. Um, we are live streaming, Justin, to our Patreon crowd. We got two new Patreons this week: Sean Corn, Corn on the Cob, Eat Your Corn, You See It in the Morning, and Zach Mahoney. Mm. Zach was even a longtime listener of Bleeding Blue, so I appreciate both of you. Patreon.com backslash Talking Giants. You get to talk to us. You get to hang out with us while we record our live shows two times a week during the offseason. It'll be three times a week during the regular season, including on Sundays after the Giants win or lose. Um, Gazman Superstar said 1 a.m. here because I think he is from overseas in the U.K. 1 a.m. here. No work tomorrow. He is. I, I just put three stamps on an envelope. For Gazman, because we're sending out our greasy, our our greasy mm. stickers, our that the patrons get, and we're gonna do the raffle for the T-shirt later this week. And I actually we decided we're gonna be doing Thursday night football live streams twice a month to do raffles. So we're gonna be doing twice a month for two free T-shirt raffles Sheesh, when the season Bobby. starts. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick. I don't know if I said <laughs> that before. Justin, what's going on, my man? Um, Bobby Skinner, hello. It's nice to speak to you. I infiltrated a Giants press conference today via Zach Rosenblatt. I kind of peer pressured him on Sunday, and I said, hey, just in case you don't know, I know you're going to be talking to Mark Colombo later this week. He was in a heavy metal band called Free Rain while he was a player, and it's actually really good. We actually talked about it after he was um, after he was brought on and after he was hired. Played a little bit of a sound clip, sound bite of of the band. They're pretty good. Bobby Skinner's not a big not a big fan of heavy metal, but I was like, I if pretty you, much trashed it. I think. Yeah, you you kind of did. You kind of really hated on it a little bit. But I asked Zach Rosenblatt. I'm like, if it's not super unprofessional and weird. Ask Mark Colombo about it. So I think he did a little test run today because Mark Colombo doesn't speak, I think, until Thursday or something like that. Um, He tested it on Will Hernandez, and Will Hernandez had a little bit of a funny reaction where he's like, yes, I did know it. I saw a clip of it on social media. Bobby, I don't think anyone else has talked about it on social media. It was our social media. It was our social media. So it it had to be ours. We have a connect with the Zona Sigantes guy. Mm. We are in with Will Hernandez. Boom, boom. So yes, like, I uh, I felt good. Zeitler, the white guy, is our guy, and Hernandez, the Hispanic guy, is his own Sagantes guy. We have the guards figured out in the two best Giants podcasts. And Nick Gates did like your tweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the interior of the line down. Uh, let's let's get into some Ross Cockrell though, Justin. Former New York Giant played with us in 2017. Was pretty good. A six foot, 190 pounds. He's 29 years old. It was actually just his birthday. Um. Four days ago, he's from Hazlitt, New Jersey. Ooh. Played college at Duke. Went to high school at Charlotte Latin. So he went. He's been all the same places that Daniel Jones has been. They went to the same high school. Justin, I'll go through the numbers. I'll talk about what he did on film. Justin, last year for the Carolina Panthers, his opponents, his advanced stats in 14 games, 37 for 67, 55.2%, 450 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. He played the nickel and the outside, mostly outside, but he did play nickel. I think as the season went along, they put him more outside. Justin, when DeAndre Baker gets arrested and all this is like, okay, he's not playing this year, maybe never, and Sam Beal opts out, 
even though we weren't really high on Sam Beal, it's like, man, we are screwed. But sky is falling. With Ross Cockrell, I mean, the sky still is falling. The DeAndre Baker thing sucks no matter what. The ideal situation would be Andre, DeAndre Baker to be on this team and to flourish and get better as the man corner that he was in college. But when you look at this team, this cornerback uh, group, compared to 2019, it's better. It just is. James Bradbury, Ross Cockrell, and then whoever you want at the slot. You can pick whoever. Julian Love, Darnay Holmes, have your pick. It's better than what we had last year with Janoris Jenkins, DeAndre Baker with rookie struggles, and Corey Ballantyne, and Grant Haley in the slot. It's it's a better group, Justin. I mean, and Ross Cockrell was he was a solid cornerback at a position where it's hard to find solid players. Yeah, even in 2017, you feel like he was solid for the Giants. This is a pretty universally well-liked move, I think. There Have been, have there been people that have criticized it? I've seen people getting upset that people have been criticizing it, but neither here nor there. I have one guy who tweets at me all the time, and I love him because he tweets me about like the lower prospects, but he just hates Cockrell. I don't oh. get it. Oh, boy. It's like Big Blue Fan 1, 2, 3 or something. I will, I will say, I will say, because thinking about you know putting my analytics brain on, you may have padded stats. Now, the completion percentage you can't deny, where, you know, allowing 55% of your passes, uh, that's not bad at all. That's pretty darn good. Um, but you have to think that because the Panthers were losing a decent amount of their games last year. No, you're shaking your head no. Go look at the teams that are giving up the most pass yards. They're, the Giants are in there. It's the bottom of the It's the bottom of the league. It's not just, oh, these teams are down more, so teams aren't passing. They're, they're, the Panthers were like top third of the league. They were So they were between like 10 and 14. So that's literally between a third and top half. But, I mean, go look go look at the teams that gave up the most pass yards. It's not just winning teams where teams are, you know, passing a lot on them. No, it, it was the bad teams were, the bad, were bad in that category. Right. So 2017 with Spags, he played a lot of cover two. Which Janoris Jenkins, I feel like he liked at times. No, he did like it because he had that really good year in 2016. So he liked playing in that scheme, didn't like playing in Betcher's scheme as much. And then last year with Carolina in the same system that Bradbury was, do you feel, I'm the, Bobby, I'm sure you, have, you haven't watched an unlimited amount of tape of Cockrell, but from what you've seen, do you think that he can be somewhat successful in this uh, Patrick Graham man coverage press man scheme that we've talked about over and over and over again? That's the thing in Carolina, they weren't man heavy. Correct. So it it is different. But when he played man coverage, he was solid. And he's not going to be asked to cover the number one wide receiver the way James Bradbury is. So yeah, I, I think he can do a decent job now. If, if CeeDee Lamb goes off on him, I'm not going to be like surprised or anything. But he's he does pretty well in man. And I mean, you know, we're all, like we said, Patrick Graham says he's multiple. Prove it. Don't be so man-heavy if you don't have man corners. And James Bradbury is great in zone. So these two guys, and then you put Julian Love out there, and you have these safeties um, and Peppers and McKinney. I mean, without DeAndre Baker and Ross Cockrell in there, I would actually like to see a little more zone. Obviously, I'm not saying just we're only zone like James Betcher style, but I would like to see more than I would have two weeks ago. Yeah, it's actually crazy because you were doing some digging of – our live stream that we were doing during the draft. Top 10 worst passing defenses. Let me go through real quick. Detroit Lions, Arizona Cardinals, Bucks, Texans, Giants, Seahawks, Dolphins, Raiders, Titans, Colts. So three of those teams are good. The rest weren't. And then Falcons, Bengals. So 
There you anyways, go there ahead. You go. But you were doing some digging of uh our live stream that we had during the NFL draft where this was the second round. So this was the second day, second round, and we were talking about what the Giants may do. And lo and behold, I don't know if we had we were thinking we were talking about this guy like, oh, Xavier McKinney, he may fall. He had a first round grade on him, blah, 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 blah. But you even said, I think before we even picked McKinney, how if the Giants draft McKinney, you may expect Patrick Graham to move to playing with more too high, therefore playing too high safeties, therefore playing a little bit more zone. So because of the lack of talent that Graham had in Miami, was there this feeling that I had to keep things simple and we had to just play backyard ball with zone coverage? And now that we have little bit more depth at corner than we did a couple days ago with Ross Cockrell. I think that's where you have to feel best about Cockrell's that it, he just brings more depth. He may not be a great player. He's a good player, solid player, but he's bringing more depth to a position that didn't have any depth. But Bobby, you sent us that clip uh, where, when you were talking about the live during the live stream, I guess we have to kind of prepare ourselves that, that Graham may feel more confident in this defense. So he may play a little bit more zone and maybe too high safety. He may, I don't know. Yeah. I- I, I'm I'm over guessing what Patrick Graham's gonna do because I, I don't I don't know this person like you know we don't really have the, like the pass rush I don't know um that being said let me go through a few more things Bradbury and because because they played together last year Bradbury and Cockrell their combined stats 95 for 164 57.9 percent 1094 yards two touchdowns five interceptions I mean it's solid production now Justin where how do you see it lining up obviously James Bradbury starting. Cockrell, who has played outside and nickel. I'm going Cockrell outside. That's where I trust him more. That's where he looked the best um, with the Panthers last season. And I'm still staying with my take of Julian Love in the nickel. I think Julian Love is capable of playing outside. If you tell me you want him to play outside, I'm okay with that. But I think in, at the nickel spot, he can be an uh, amazing player where he's popping out. He's playing deep, like doing just doing different types of things. We saw what he can do in the run game as a yep. safety last year. Um, I'm I'm staying with Bradbury, Cockrell, and then Julian Love in the nickel slot corner. Yeah, I was on the fence last week because we didn't have an answer at cornerback number two, and I didn't know if I wanted to put Corey Ballantyne on the island or I didn't know if I wanted to put Darnay Holmes on the island. It was going to be either or, but this move kind of cements it for me. Cockrell is just sliding, sliding into that CB2 role that DeAndre Baker was going to fill, and... Despite me being on the fence almost all offseason since Baker got in trouble, despite me being on the fence about where Julian Love should play, I've always said, and then you even echoed this last week as well, that Julian Love is just much more versatile. He is a much more dangerous player when it comes to where he's lining up in the slot and he's a slot cornerback, and then that, that therefore also makes Jabril Peppers and Xavier McKinney that much more versatile as well, that they can be alternating roles, they could be disguising looks pre-snap, etc., and that's a lot of fun. That is what we want. So... I'm, I'm in it now, 100%. That's what I hope it's going to be. Who knows what it is actually going to be? Um, but I think that's this Giants defense at its best. Let's tell Bradbury to go play backyard ball. If uh, if Cockrell needs help with the safety over the top, then we shadow a safety towards his end. And Julian Love can, you know, even if you think about it this way, Bobby, about how effective Grant Haley was in the run game last year, uh, Julian Love showed that he could do that from the safety spot. He can also do that from the slot corner spot. Um Exciting. I'm now, so here's, so I guess maybe we'll put a bow on it with this question. 
is it just like Giants Homer fandom to say that you are ex- really now excited to see what the secondary can do? They're not going to be perfect because it's going to take time for McKinney to grow. It's going to take time for all these guys to adjust to new roles. But is it uh, irrational to say that, oh, now I'm kind of excited to see what this secondary can do compared to a week ago we were really scared? I, I, I wouldn't say excited is the word. Here's the reason why I like going out and getting a guy instead of just sitting with what we got. Because I get like, oh, we're in a rebuilding year or whatnot. But we see teams take a leap. And I think this offense this offense can score points this year. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it would be a shame that if they were scoring points and our defense was just constantly losing us these games. So that's why I'm never in on just punting on a year. I get there's rebuilding, but I don't want to just completely punt on 2020. Like, this offense can put up points. I mean, if, if Thomas is awesome to start and Gates is what he like, what we think he can be at center, and, like, you have these three wide receivers, you got two tight ends who you, who you like, you got Saquon Barkley, and then Daniel Jones. If he can just cut down on the fumbles, be better, you know, like most QBs do, they get better as their career goes along. That's why I like this move, is because it gives our offense a chance to win games, yeah. where with... Corey Ballantyne or Darnay Holmes starting, I didn't think it. I thought it was going to just keep us out. It was going to keep us from winning games. Oh, Danny Kinga has entered the chat and uh, said, surprised they didn't bring back B.W. Webb. Oh, B.W. Webb was a quality cornerback. Or something. Think he's on the Jaguars? I don't know. But we're not bringing him back, Daniel. Uh, um, so that's that's why I like the signing though, is because it gives our offense a no, chance I, to win I agree. games for us. I agree. And what what have we seen the last few years with this Giants team? Obviously, I feel like most of the blame is going on the defense. But why I would be so mad at Eli Manning in in turn <laughs> these last few years is because the offense and the arm of Eli Manning put the defense in uncomfortable situations. When you have an offense that can't sustain drives, when you have an offense that is in the bottom quarter of the league and is at the bottom of the league every single year in terms of average time of possession and you know just moving the chains and trying to sustain anything, that's very tough in an offensive league to ask a defense to just continually get stops, continually get stops. So I'm with you, Bobby. I'm with you, Bobby. Sometimes... Uh, well, how are we going to say this? Uh, a good defense is a good, uh, the best defense is a good offense. Yep, you, you almost had it. You just screwed you it did? up. You did? All right, well. You started, you had it at the end. You just started with, you screwed it up at the start. And I never mess up sentences to start. No. Um, never, ever. All right. All right. So, I mean, do you have anything else on Ross Cocker? I mean, we spent 15 minutes on it. I don't think we need to. I realize, though, like how deep I am into the Giants, where it's like the Giants side and Ross Cocker, you know me. My my wheels start spinning. I'm going crazy. In fact, I kind of had an idea that was going to happen like 30 minutes before. So I actually started. I called you. I was like, hey, get some Ross Cockrell homework done. It happens. And then I realized nobody else cares about this besides us because we're nuts. I was like, why is no one eating this up? It's like, oh, yeah, because this isn't regular free agency. This is just Ross Cockrell. Well, well no. I, I will also say it's not. Don't, don't include me in this and say us. It was you who was a psychopath. Because I was hanging out with my friends. I think there was, what, this was Saturday night? I was hanging out with my friends, you know, uh, maybe out, we were getting ready to go out by the bonfire and whatnot. I was actually, my phone was the one that was hooked up to a Bluetooth speaker, and I was playing some tunes, I was playing some music, and then you FaceTime me, and you bring down the whole energy of the room. So you were like, I think the Giants are going to sign Ross Cockrell. I'm going to get to work. I'm like, all right, bye. <laughs> so you're you're the crazy one. So congratulations. 
These wheels, they never stop spinning. All right. Other news before we get the voicemail mailbag, just quick. Uh, the Giants claim Cody White, uh, who was on the Chiefs. He played for Michigan State, undrafted free agent, at 66 catches, 922 yards, six touchdowns. Pretty good numbers for a bad Michigan, Michigan State passing offense. I'll be honest, I watched a few minutes of his highlight tape. That was it. I was so in Ross Cockrell mode. I was like, I'm not going to clip that. And then they also signed from the Cardinals, uh, Holy Cross offensive tackle, Jackson Dennis. Um, what a fun name. Probably like this is probably the last time you'll hear his name besides he's been cut. So there's that. All right, Justin, you ready to uh, take a break and get into the voicemail mailbag? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, let's take a break. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. All right, thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. All right, our first question is coming from KNNGYNR. I feel like there's a way to say that. Like, Ken. Ken His name is Keenan. 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 How much does Cockrell actually move the needle for us? Is he at least an improvement over 2019 rookie Baker? Yes. Yes, rookie Baker. That doesn't mean that it's like, oh, this is better than having DeAndre Baker on the team. But it definitely is an improvement over rookie Baker. But that doesn't mean we're like, oh, wow, it's actually better for the team that Baker got uh, uh, arrested. Um, the best, I think the best form of this defense would have been DeAndre Baker starting. Um, unfortunately, that... Probably will never happen again. Sad. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure Quentin Dunbar is a snitch, even though he did an Instagram post. But the fact that he got no charges and DeAndre Baker got all the charges, oh. I'm pretty sure that Dunbar snitched. On. Oh, big time uh, big time uh, conspiracy theory. Oh, I do have to ask this in the Patreon chat. We're, we're live reacting to this right now. Uh, Toe for Pete. Justin, what song do you want to sing with Andrew Thomas and Mr. Brownstone? Got it nail on the head probably shania twain and yes like i would definitely sing man i feel like a woman that don't impress me much or something eagles related um with andrew thomas if you wanted to you know make it show related you could make it like the distance or something no. or something where it could be our intro well that's like oh we got andrew thomas intro song oh well, that's you so that's not me unfortunately chris mickle second patreon question in the actual post itself um whole bunch of Patreon today. Justin, what are your plans for watching the games this year since you cannot go to MetLife? Anything special planned? This is actually a great question, and I have not thought about it fully. Well, first of all, I'm I I'm now quote unquote working the games. You know, Bobby Bobby makes all the made all the videos last year. Whenever the Giants were away and or I didn't go to a game, I was also doing the same thing, you know, making videos, making the game day gifs and gifts, whatever you want to call it and doing all that. So I will be doing that from home, but also there may streaming. be there may what was that? Streaming, right? Live streaming? Yes, I will yes, duh. Um I mean I li- I live stream anyway. So I'll definitely be live streaming a lot. Well, I'll be live streaming a lot more since I don't feel as much pressure to put out videos and gifs and gifts because Bobby is going to be doing a lot of that anyway. Um so I I may be the guy that's just live streaming for the entire game, which is fun. Um, but also snacks has been talking about doing some outdoor tailgating things. Um, so I may be attendance in that, 
Uh, I'm not, ex I'm not, I don't have all of that down pat yet, but thank you for asking. I will keep everyone posted. Right on. Um, yes, you're good. You're, you're much better at streaming than I am. Justin, should I, all right, so I'm going to play a voicemail. We're going to see if this works. Should I play the voicemail of the guy saying no one listens to our show and I'm just telling you to vote Trump no, 2020? Should oops. we play that voicemail? No, we should not. Should we just turn our show into a political commercial? So no. we have like a Trump one this episode, a Biden one the, ep the next episode. Very strange. Now, it's especially, it'll be even more. I just brought it up. I'm playing it. I have to. You know me. I If I bring it up, I'm playing it. I don't even know what your show is on, but I saw your number on Twitter. I have no idea how to listen to it, so I figured I'd give you a call. My main message is, vote Trump 2020. Nobody knows about your show, just hate the pressure bubble. But in case you're going to play this, which I don't know if you will or not, vote Trump 2020. You got to get a real podcast. Nobody listens to your show if you're on, like, un unknown platforms, you idiot idiot justin uh, yeah we're the idiots the guy that's calling into the show he doesn't anyways we let's get a biden one on the next one that being said justin mr brownstone just had a good idea in the chat should we convince our listeners to do a write-in of J bobby skinner justin panic no <laughs> no <laughs> no we'll never get more votes than harambe did in 2016 I got that message on July 26th. What day was that? That was on a Wednesday, so I don't know what I was doing. But I got it, and I laughed for a good five minutes. And then I, I never told you about it, probably for this exact reason, because I thought you were going to want to play it. <laughs> I'm in control now. I, I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah, Bobby's playing the voicemails through his phone. We have no longer have the usage utilization of a soundboard, um, which is upsetting. Yeah, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it. That, that's... Who, yeah. who does that? Who, who takes time out of their day? We're not doing politics. Who takes... No, not even politics. I wanted to talk about the guy that called. That Who just takes time out of their day to just do that? I hope he's a Giants fan. And he stumbled upon us because he's a Giants fan. And not just some random person that saw a random phone number. We just... We need a Biden guy to call in. Let's even this thing out. All right? We, we're trying to be apolitical on this show. Call in on a Biden show and tell us we suck. All right, re first real voicemail. What's going on, Talking Giants? Dan here from Staten Island, New York, second time calling. Um, I just have a question. So um, I have a called U Stadium. It's all, it's all nothing but sports and everything, um, group chats and everything like that for each respective sport. Um, for the NFL, they released a top 32 list of NFL players in groups under the age of 25. And Giants were ranked number two behind the Ravens at number one. And the Giants had the following players. They had they had Dexter Lawrence, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, here it is. Uh, Will Hernandez, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, and notable players also, B.J. Hill and Evan Ingram, who also just turned 25. If I'm right, I could be wrong. But I think this is pretty interesting because of just how young these guys are how great of a group we're building up and everything for the future and everything just want to hear your opinion on this i know this is kind of long sorry about that it's kind of last second too go giants well dan from staten island don't worry about it being long because i think he has the shortest voicemail um going forward 
All right, so Justin, ESPN put that article of the best rosters under 25. I mean, what what did you think about that? I was pretty surprising to see us as number two. I mean, I I get that we have a lot of talent under 25, but I was surprised. Like, I, I, I don't know the other rosters under 25, but we are a very young team, Justin. I think we had the second most rookie snaps last year, only to Miami. Yeah, I think the first one is Baltimore. I was trying to find Baltimore the Baltimore is number one. Yeah, I was Arizona's number three. Yeah. So I think I was even more impressed by it because I think it was from ESPN plus, but it was via Football Outsiders, which Football Outsiders is, you know, it's an analytics it's largely an analytics and metrics source of a lot of good stats that they do. So I was mostly impressed that it came from there. I guess they have some sort of partnership with ESPN plus. Um, but good. I'm usually not like a fan of rankings and like, I feel bad because I don't really give a lot of like good podcasting when it comes to these questions, but good. Let's win football games. Yeah. Let's win football <laughs> games, young. but it's pretty, it was, it was pretty cool. It's like, oh, wow. And then you see people getting mad. Um, so, but when you have, Dan, like you said, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Darius Slayton, I think Ingram might even be under 25. Yeah, Ingram, um, Ingram and I think they said both Ingram and Hill both hit 25, so. Right. So, yeah, a lot of young talent. Let's uh, like you said, let's get this talent win games. All right, mailback question. Mailback question. First one, I'm just going to go right in order. Uh, Mr. Brownstone. Mr. Brownstone makes a lot of appearances on this show. Um, Mr. Brownstone at Vanilla Gorilla. One minute left on the clock. Who's drowning more cheeseburgers, Randy or Trashkins? So, I know most people want me to give some Dwayne Haskins hey right here, it's been but a Randy while. is Randy is definitely doing the most cheeseburgers. I'm trying to not be like, like as much as like you know I, I feed into it. I also want to like not just like turn off every fan base for my content. It's like yeah, Bobby only <laughs> talks good about the Giants and he trashed everyone else. So, but Randy, I mean my man could put some down some cheeseburgers. Brilliant. All right. Voicemail? Voicemail? You don't even do you know you don't even know who Randy is. Nope, I have no clue. Randy is doing Haskins to this show, by the way. So that's who he is. Alright, next question. This one's two minutes long. Okay, my question for you is how do you feel about this New York Giants defensive line and applying pressure to the quarterback? Last year, um, we really struggled getting at the quarterbacks, you know, Dak Prescott had all day to throw the football and the other quarterbacks really had all day for the football. I know Marcus Golden had 10 sacks and um, we have X-Man, but how do you feel the Giants would do at applying pressure better? I don't think there's any more to that voicemail. I think he just forgot to hang up. Oh, thank God. I was not trying to listen to a two-minute voicemail. <laughs> um, I'll let you go on, on this, Justin. What do, What do you think? I was actually have I was having this conversation with Snacks the other night and and even Ruben shout out Ruben Vargas I was on Ruben Vargas's live stream this past week and I was just simply talking about the Giants have a lot of good to average players on their football team it's specifically on defense a lot of good to average players we need someone anybody to step up and be a stud is is uh, one of these interior defensive linemen, especially, you know, maybe hint, hint, Dexter Lawrence, because he has that upside, he has that ceiling because it's only his second year, is one of those guys going to become a dominating force in that interior defensive line? Is O'Shane Eximinus going to really take a year two, maybe even a year three jump in 2021 as a, a good edge rusher, a good solid 
I don't want to say premier, but an edge rusher that can be a guy that gets double-digit sacks on his own. On his own and just outright. And maybe consistently get getting somewhere between 8 to 12 sacks every single year. You know, we need we need a guy to be a stud. And I hate to have like this, well, no, no shit Sherlock take, but you're hoping O'Shane can do it. You're hoping Dexter can take those step to can take those steps up and not just be good players, but we need some studs. And com- combine that with Marcus Golden, a- a- another year of healthy Marcus Golden, and a year of a hungry Marcus Golden. His last year's Marcus Golden was hungry on a one-year deal. Marcus Golden, again, is going to be on a one-year deal. And just hearing him talk today, he's just as hungry as he was last year. And I know it's just all lip service, but I just I love him so much. We'll talk about him in the, in the next mailback question. But, Bobby, we need some studs. And if O'Shane can take that step up, um, and if we can start to in- continue to g- generate more interior pressure, then I feel good about the potential of the pass rush. And if the secondary is better, if the secondary is better um, and doesn't allow quarterbacks to just get rid of the ball so quickly, that also serves probably just as much as an important role as to actually the defensive line and the edge rushers itself. If the secondary can hold their ground for two seconds so the so their pass rush can try to get back there. I don't think this pass rush has the ability to be great because I believe in the NFL to have a great pass rush, you have to have a great pass rusher. And we don't have that. I think Zimenez can be a good pass rusher, but I don't think he's ever going to be in like the great category. Um, but I do agree with you on that. It really swings on what Zimenez can be. Yeah. Is Zimenez an 8-12 to 12, like sack guy? A guy who's getting like consistently like beating offensive tackles? Not like a Khalil Mack style, but just consistently giving yeah. them hard times. We know what Golden is. Uh, we know what Leonard Williams is. Dexter Lawrence, how what how can he grow in year two? Like, does he grow a good amount, or does he kind of stay around the same? Uh, but I, I think Zimenez is the biggest like indicator of how our good our pass rush will be. But I it, it I don't think it has any chance of being great, but being good with some better secondary play, and it could really move the defense up a notch. Yeah, the secondary play I think is. More or less, and this is me just being, you know, uh, an analytics guy and, you know, uh, average, you know, average how long it takes a quarterback to release the ball in today's NFL. You know, they're releasing it in two and a half seconds and or, or less most of the time. So and especially when you include play action, I think teams are going to start to use play action more and more because NFL teams are learning that play action works, that only uh, prohibits a pass rush because their eyes are in the backfield for a, for a split second and that holds everybody in place. So um, it's tough. <laughs> Having a good pass rush is tough in today's NFL, but with a good secondary, it gets a lot easier. And also, having good players. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. All right, next mailbag question. Jeff Boyd at the Boyd Wonder. Boy. Who do you think will be captains this year? All right, let's go. Offense, I feel like we're both going to agree. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, right? Yes. Do you think Shep can sneak in there? I'm I'm going two offense, two defense. So I, I think it's it's uh, DJ just because the QB is always the captain. And then Saquon, um, I think he's the captain. So yes. I feel like off, offense is pretty obvious. I'm in agreement. All right. Defense. I'll go first. My first one, Jabril Peppers. Ooh. Peppers, he's loud. He's he's more he's gonna be more comfortable in year two. He seems like set the tone in practice. I think those guys like him a lot. Um, he was the one that was working with Holmes in the off season. You know, he was part of those workouts with you know, yeah, you know, like when the when the offense worked worked out, 
him and Holmes were the only guys that were there with them, you know, with yeah. the Jones, Saquon, Shep, uh, Ingram uh, group. So I'm going Jabril Peppers as my first defensive one. And then second one, I'm going to go Blake Martinez, middle linebacker. He seems to like that leadership role, so I'm going, I'm going Martinez. I'm not surprised by your Peppers pick, I guess, because I remember hearing last spring how Peppers was really a driving force for that defense in terms of just their energy level. Um, and then actually he had to miss a couple days of spring workouts because he needed something done like dentally. He needed like cert- to get like a little bit of surgery in his mouth. And then the defense was not the same for the next couple days, like after he was gone. And I remember hearing that from James Betcher and I was like, Whoa, really, really good stuff from Jabril Peppers in terms of the energy that he brings. So that's a sneaky pick. I'm also in agreement with you about Blake Martinez. Um, I, I, he's really just taken on the, you know, wanting to be the rock of that defense. We already heard that in his press conference. The second guy I'm going with is Marcus Golden. I listened. I'm Marcus Golden. I'm Marcus Golden. Yes. Hashtag um, get your popcorn ready. Hashtag 44 takeover. Those are the three. If you, if you want to get Marcus Eberhardt's attention, you say, I'm Marcus Golden. Or no, don't say, I'm Marcus Golden, because you're not Marcus Golden. We're all Marcus Golden. Number I'm two. I'm Marcus Golden. I'm Marcus Golden. <laughs> I'm Dirty Dan. Um, number two, f- hashtag 44 takeover. And number three, get your popcorn ready. Those three things. You will catch his attention, and you will be best friends. Um, but anyway, I say Marcus Golden. I listened to that press conference. Well, no, first I heard quotes. I just heard the quotes that was coming out of, you know, from the beat reporters in the morning. And then you see the actual press conference when the Giants YouTube channel releases it towards the evening. Bobby, I can't remember the last time there was a player on the New York football Giants, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. I think offense, everybody likes offense. Everybody's always gravitated towards quarterback. We were always rooting our damn, damned as hardest for the success of Eli Manning. But on, particularly on the defense side of the ball, I cannot remember a player that I was that I'm just now rooting for his success so much that I am Marcus Golden. I don't know the next time that I'm ordering jerseys, but I don't care what year it is. The next time I'm ordering jerseys, I'm getting Marcus Golden. I don't care what year he is. I don't care what year it is. I don't care what team he's on. I'm getting a Marcus Golden jersey because Bobby, just hearing him talk about the situation that he's in, it's a crappy situation. <laughs> he's coming off of a 10 sack season at age 28. It was the first or it was the second time that he was entering free agency, two years removed from a torn ACL, finally had that stud season. And how does he get repaid? By only getting literally $500,000 more than Kyler Fackrell. That kind of stinks. <laughs> kind of stinks and really the one chance that I think he had at a decent payday because by the time this 2020 season is done he's going to be on the plus side of 30 oh gosh it, it's really business crappy is business that's what Marcus Golden says and exactly he, he said business is business and all of the things that he said about showing up to work being dedicated to my craft and sure you can have the argument of well he kind of has no choice Justin but you kind of do. You have a choice about your mentality and what you bring to a football team. Obviously, he had no choice, but you know it's either don't play NFL this year or play football for the Giants for only $5 million. So obviously, he has no choice. Only $5 mil. Look at this elitist, Justin no, Panic. No, but I mean, you, you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. The dude, ha- the dude had a really good season. He deserved to get a multi-year contract, uh, but... Not even Jadavion Clowney, who's one of the best edge rushers in the National Football League. He's not even on a football team yet. So, 
Um, that's just the way the market goes sometimes, and he's aware of that. But he very well could have showed up to the showed up to this press conference today and show up to the Giants this year and be pouty. He very well could have. And Bobby, I wouldn't have blamed him. I would have been a little upset, but I 100% would not have blamed him. But just hearing the way that he talks about his craft, hearing the way that he talks about the team, his approach, his mindset, and this even goes back to last year when he did a Giants huddle interview where he just talked about his childhood. He talked about his high school career. He talked about his family. And again, he talked about his approach coming off of the torn ACL. And I'm sorry I'm going on and on and I'm rambling, but... He is just a guy that I am so, so much rooting for his success, probably since O.C. Like, O.C. was my favorite player growing up, and I 100% always rooted for his success. Probably since O.C. Manure, I have not rooted for a Giants defensive player like I'm rooting for the success of Marcus Golden. Love him. Yeah, I'm, I don't have this love affair with Marcus like, that, like you do. Well, I'm biased because I also met him. So I'm rooting for Daniel Jones' success more than Marcus Golden. How about that? <laughs> Way to go. All right. All right. Last last voicemail, which I'm not liking this new format of me doing this. It actually sucks. Maybe we'll just scrap voicemail altogether. Wow. I don't know. We'll let the listeners let us know. But I, I mean, I, I, I like the mailback days. It was just much more simpler. And here's the last one. It's a minute and 45 seconds. You don't need to say the time. Hey, uh, this is Scott, and I've been a huge Giants fan for a really long time, and I'm just wondering what their solution is at cornerback. Now, DeAndre Baker, DeAndre Baker's gone. He's pretty much done. Done for good. Minimum 10 years. We did sign the most underrated corner in the league in James Bradbury, but I don't think Ross Cockrell's a solution. He could be a solid cornerback three because he's a veteran, but I don't see him as a solution to that need for a solid CB2, especially especially since both the Eagles and Cowboys have added, even the Redskins have added, not, not I should say the Washington football team, have hmm. added weapons this offseason with new receivers. So we need, uh, we need better corners to cover. But my question is, should we move Julian Love from safety back to corner he has an astounding rookie year I say if we move Julian Love from safety to corner because he played he mainly played corner in college on Notre Dame we'd have James Bradbury and Julian Love at corner and then we can even throw in Darnay Holmes in the mix because Darnay Holmes is getting is getting some props in as a rookie I think he can be some spectacular but I don't think Ross Cockrell is the solution my question to you, yeah, is do you think Julian Love can be that player to step up for the New York Giants? Thank you. Scott hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I mean, we thank you, Scott, for calling in. This is basically the first topic on the show, but we'd like to we'd like to play our all our voicemails. Um, I will I'll I'll kind of rechange into a, a, a different question since we kind of hit all this on the on the top of the show. Do you think Ross Cockrell could be like? on the team for the next three years and like be a solid Ooh. do you think he could like be has that kind of potential how old is he you already talked about it because it was recently his birthday he's 29 um hmm <laughs> some people have brought up that notion that we could that we should have kind of maybe signed him for a two-year deal bobby i think it all depends on in a way i think it depends on the draft 
I think it does. We have a draft question, which I'm actually excited for. So let's. Th- that was a natural podcasting transition. Did you see how how I did that? Yeah. Let's finish. Let's let's finish off these mail back. Yeah. By the way, Chris Mickle in the chat said that I got him hooked on Trailer Park. Boys, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um. Yes, we do have two draft questions. Oh, there's a bad word. There's a bad word from one of our. Uh, I'll just say is I'll just say his Twitter handle at ny giants talk three. But his name is F Rona. But, but what's his name? F Rona. Oh, F U C K. I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Very much agree. Um, if we have the number one pick in next year's draft, which oh boy, I don't want to talk. Wait, there could be this thing where if the NFL season is canceled, they NFL may not being canceled. They may go by. The, the losing percentage or the winning percentage, not losing percentage, the winning percentage of the of teams over the last three years, and the Giants would have the number one pick in the draft. So if you're a big draft fan, <laughs> then you're rooting for the season to be canceled so the Giants get the number one pick. If we have the number one pick in next year's draft, who would each of you take? We are presuming that we are in a world where we do not want Trevor Lawrence. Yes. The people that, like, there's so many people who are just so, like, Trevor Lawrence isn't an Andrew Luck type prospect. I just wanted to get that out there. Like he's not the type of prospect that Andrew Luck was. Anyways, defense and there's a Micah Parsons Gregory Russo question. I'll mm-hmm. save some takes for that. I really think like Penny Sewell, like Penny Sewell, the tackle at Oregon. How tempting guy. is that? How tempting. It would be tempting. I get Ooh. like and I think uh, this is an issue with myself as as well, you get these guys like Matt Parrott in the third round or Darnay Holmes in the fourth round, and you're like, well, we don't want to play Julian Love here or Nick Gates here because that's where those guys are. You can't like not play guys, good players in spots because of people who may be good. You know what I'm saying? You put players in their best position and you let it figure out figure it out after that. So Penny Sewell would be tempting, but I th- I would probably go Jamar Chase, the wide receiver at LSU. I think he's the best player in the draft. Um and there's no one on defense. At least, you know, we looked at a few guys. There's nobody on defense who I I wouldn't make me want to pick up the first pick. So I probably would go Jamar Chase, the wide receiver at LSU. I think that guy has like best wide receiver and t- like the last t- like 15 years kind of type talent. Do you get crazy and try to move Sewell to guard? No, 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 no. You do not pay an elite tackle at guard. He's six. Like, he's tackle. six. Six five, three twenty five. That's what Andrew Thomas weighs, too. Mm, I tried to pull a fast one. It didn't work. Sewell's good in space. I mean, I... I, um, I love Parsons. I really do. I think if... Do if you? Because I just feel like he hasn't shown much in in the past game. Yeah. He plays so close to the line of scrimmage. It's, it's weird, that Penn State alignment, where he's like three yards off the line. That's why you were really looking forward to seeing him this year, but he just opted out. I Because I think he would have proved himself to be better than Isaiah Simmons because also Isaiah Simmons was a unicorn and he played 17 different positions. Whereas you like Micah Parsons because he plays linebacker and lo and behold, remember during the pre-draft process, Bobby, I would have went Simmons over Parsons every day of the week. Remember how during the pre-draft process, everyone was, a was, I I wasn't getting a lot of hate for it, but how I was saying over and over again, that Isaiah Simmons is going to play linebacker because you don't play multiple positions in the national football league. And lo and behold, what have been quotes that have been coming out of Cardinals camp that Isaiah Simmons is playing linebacker and only linebacker because he's a linebacker. Hmm. Look at that. Um, anyway, anyway, Gregory, give me, you know what? Give me Gregory Russo. Ask the Gregory Russo question and Micah Parsons question. And then I, I have some Gregory Russo takes. Okay. 
Um, anybody else that I would think about going or going with? There's some good corners, but you wouldn't take those guys at number one. Um, I haven't looked at them yet. The Virginia Tech guy, supposedly, he's really good. But I love I love Sertain as well. I think Sertain would fit beautifully in um, Patrick Graham's system. And also, the we also covered uh, another corner as well. We covered um, Sean Wade from Ohio State, who hits like a linebacker. You 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 talked about him. He he like the best corner, the best top, the top rated corner so far is that Virginia Tech guy. In fact, yeah. Jordan Reed had. Him slated to us in his first mock draft today. Yeah, which uh, I first of all, I also don't know. Should the Giants ever draft a cornerback in the first round ever again? I don't know. I do not know. <laughs> I think we're just cursed. We should, just, like I said, I said this in the tweet. We should just spend forty percent of our cap space on cornerbacks and then just never draft them ever again. Um, Realistically, had we had the first pick, we trade back with for whoever wants. Trevor yes, Lawrence, yes, anyways. that that is, but that's not a fun way to enter that. And question. then we draft Sage Surratt at the end of the first round, and then Chaz Surratt in the beginning of the second mm, round. Brotherly love. Okay, this is um enter at enter name here. Do you guys like Parsons and Rousseau opting out? Do, oh, I'm sorry. Do guys like Parsons and Rousseau opting out? Lower your opinion slash evaluation of them if the Giants were in position to take them next year, or do you still think they are worth top 10 picks? Those two in particular, I, I don't want to get too like in-depth um, here, but Rousseau, I wanted to see more out of him. I mean, you look at his, like he had the sack numbers. Look at how many of those were on the interior. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the FSU game, you had three sacks going against guards. I wanted to see him just dominate offensive tackles. Yeah. So that was like, I was really hope, like looking forward to seeing that this year out of him. Um, and then Parsons, like you said too, like I want to see the stuff in the, in the past game. So it doesn't, I don't think it lowers my opinion of them, but it's, it's a huge question mark. I mean, the draft's going to be nuts. I'll be interested to see if they do some type, like a bunch of, like maybe they do like a senior bowl series or something, you know, where it's not just one game. Somebody recommended on Twitter, that Dwayne the Rock Johnson just gets a bubble going, and all these guys go to the XFL. This is how the XFL or AAF could actually like be successful. It'd only be one year, but if they did some type of like, like showcase league, you know. So I mean, this obviously like the top guys are going to get drafted in the first round, but I mean, look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow would not if this happened last year. Joe Burrow does not get drafted. No. No, he literally probably you're probably right. He literally probably does not even get drafted. <laughs> That's not exaggeration. So we have two more questions left. This is at Red Red Yeti Nine. Tauzino. Do we know the full long term cap implications of Solder yet? Not pl- uh, do we know the full long I keep on messing up questions. Do we know the full long-term cap implications yet of Solder not playing this year? To put it brutally, is it easier or more difficult to move on from him next year? Also, any way to early 2021 draft predictions? We covered the last part of the question. All right, so the Solder man, I mean, this actually, like, him opting out does screw us. Because in 2021, if according to SpotRack, it'd be $13 million of dead cap. His cap hit would be sixteen and a half million, so you're only oh. saving three and a half million if you cut him. I mean, he, he this this is what like this year he was uncuttable, and it essentially just becomes next year he, he's uncuttable as well. Whereas you know we're planning on next year being able to cut him, and you still have six and a half million dead cap, but you would have saved fourteen million. That doesn't happen this year, so I mean, it truly it it screws us. That contract is on the books next year. Nate Soldier will be on the roster next year. Or maybe maybe they just cut him. I don't know, but it that him opting out was not good for the Giants. 
No, and it really screws up screws us because these are the years before you have to sign Barkley, before you have to sign Daniel Jones. These are the years where you're supposed to be. Now, I'm not talking about going out and spending a ton of money in free agency, but these are be these are supposed to be the years where you're supposed to take advantage of your quote unquote superstars, your main franchise pieces on your team. You're supposed to take advantage of those guys on their cheap contracts and their cheap rookie deals. I didn't know it was that bad. I thought that I, I thought we would at least save like six million, where maybe if it's a thirteen million dollar, I uh, I did not know it was that bad. Um. That really stinks. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how the players pull that off to where they got their money to avoid it till the next year. Um, kind of, kind of crazy they got that rollover. That 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 does suck because the cap is going to shrink anyway. You know, I was one to talk about all this, a whole this off season. Oh, the cap's going to expand anyway because the league's going to be continuing to make revenue. Blah blah blah. All that's all that's gone. All that is gone. <laughs> I know. I know. It sucks. Trade for draft picks. Trade away your draft picks because we don't know who we're going to be drafting. Although chests are out, I've seen enough out of that kid. Yeah, this is. I'm. I'm upset now. We have one more. Yeah. We need to get it done. I'm very upset. Gazman, superstar, makes a second appearance. Already asked a question in the Patreon chat. Now he asked a mailbag question. In terms of character traits slash personality and anything you've done athletically in the past or present, very limited for me. Which giant do you each identify with the most? One from the past and one from the present. I want to go first. Go first. I identify with Nikita Whitlock, that fullback and defensive tackle the Giants had a few years ago. Um, because I feel like in comparison to NFL players, I'm only six foot, so that's kind of tiny. So I'm six foot. Um, I'm I'm a little blueberry because I have a little bit of a gut. We're going now. for personality more than playing style. Oh, well, character traits. Oh, character traits, personality. I I just I just saw the athletically part and I went with that. Um, I kind of ignored the athletic part. All right. Well. All right. Character traits. Because I was just said Nate's older. Oh wow. That's 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 a bad look for you as and a definitely tackle. not the character. I'm not that high a character. <laughs> that's, that's a bad look for you as a as a college player. All right, hey, you, I'm you, you I, I'm not denying that. You go first in terms of character traits, personality. Someone like second. tweeted, "Is like, hey Bob, have you like I did a breakdown? It's like, how, how do you, you ever play ball? It's like I don't want to explain how I got kicked out of college and and I just don't want to explain all that over through Twitter. So I you just, talked I just with uh, you talked with um, I just what's ignored his face. It. You talked to, uh, with our with our friend from Duke, David Cutcliffe. Yeah. Oh, you talking about when I told him he was gonna be the biggest regret of his life, <laughs> and then he called me. He's like, I don't regret anything, and it wouldn't have been. It would have been a regret to sign me, honestly, because yeah. I was, I was, as Rick would say. Mm. Um. All right, so I went current player. I I had a hard time finding somebody. I went Peppers. Just because it seems like he's kind of like goofy off the field and then on the field, he's like a jerk and wants to like start fights and stuff. And I think that was like my mindset was like off the field, I'm going to be like, I'm going to screw around like crazy. But on the field, it's like I just, that helmet turns me into a different person. And then so my pass with that, I went Sean O'Hara. I feel like Sean O'Hara is a better doppelganger than, uh, than Peppers for me. It was just hard to find a current one. But O'Hara, he's fun. He's goofy. And O'Hara will go to war for his guys. Like, he will never say anything bad about his guys. We saw that with the way he treated Eli. 
these past few years. Uh, and that's kind of the way I am too. So uh, I, I wrote Sean O'Hara. I'm going to stick with the theme of the episode with uh, in Andrew- media. I'm in media. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. Wow, look at that. Um, I'm going to stick with the theme of the episode and go Andrew Thomas because we can sing together. I- I'm still waiting for him to like the tweet that I tagged him in today. He doesn't um, really like tweets. Well, he's going to like mine, and then we're going to go out on the town. During Corona. He doesn't check his mentions. During Corona. We're, during Corona. We're going to go out in the town, and we're going to find a karaoke place. We're going to demand that it, it is opened. But he doesn't do karaoke. He actually plays the instrument. He's well, talented. We're going we're to do it. We're going to do it. If any, Andrew Thomas is hanging out with anybody, it's going to be me. Um, that is true. Freaking, I freaking sold that guy to the fan base. You sold um, him to Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman follows us on Twitter, so you sold him. I love that. What was so funny is somebody was getting mad at that guy, like explaining why Dave Gettleman uh, is a bad GM. It's like you realize it's a parody count. Like you're arguing with not Dave Gettleman. <laughs> I well, always love when that we, happens. Do we do we fully know that that is not Dave Gettleman? Because Dave Gettleman could be pulling a whole thing of, hey, I'm not Dave Gettleman, but I actually am Dave Gettleman. Because it's the best... He was actually one of my first followers, and I, I DM'd with him last year. So, I hate to... I hate to... Actually, you know what? It is Dave Gettleman. That's mm-hmm. what I'll say. It's yeah. Dave Gettleman. It's, it is 100% Dave Gettleman. And go argue with him. Maybe it's somebody named Dave Gettleman, but it isn't our Dave Gettleman. It's David Allen Gettleman. It's the mm. guy that did your good morning tweets for two months straight. No holds bad. Can't Eli and I, I'm so happy. Eli and I had an honest conversation. He's too busy looking at the playbook with the album, the check tweets. I love it. Which, well, I can't wait to get Zach. We're gonna have Rosenblatt on the show. I can't wait to like get his reaction to that to that to that question. Like I'm just reading the playbook, uh, totally ignoring the context of a global pandemic. My, I have just been so in the playbook. It's like, dude, you might want to like not be in the playbook that much. Seems like you're like you play defensive line. There's not that much diversity to the which play. Which a which side of the a gap do I have to go in? <laughs> defensive interior defensive line. It's like there's really no place. Like, okay, stunt on this play. That's it. All right. Do we have do we have anything else? Uh, no. Uh, I didn't forget any questions. No. That's that's the show. All right. That's the show. We appreciate you guys. I think we're gonna try and get an interview. We've been tr- we've been holding off on interviews for the sake of we want these beat reporters to be at camp. Yeah, you know to Nobody have something to happening. talk to us about. Um, but Art, we've been trying to get him on. It was a, I thought that was a fun one, so we figured we'd get that one done. Um, and I, I the download numbers show that people like that one. So appreciate you guys. We'll see you uh, tomorrow. Player profiles and projections. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You guys been eating those up. Thank you guys for supporting. I'm so ready for things to get rolling. Until next time, let's go Big Blue.